It should be Carnegie. No, I just I just, I, I I don't know. Somehow I like the sound. Well, on NPR, when they say the Carnegie Foundation yeah. supports them there. Yeah. But it's Carnegie. Carnegie. Yeah. Rhonda Carnegie. Yeah. Welcome to my podcast. Yes. It's called In the Know. Uh huh. Because it's a kind of a play on no tell. And one of the cool things about uh, just the business that we run is since we meet all these interesting people, founders, leaders of companies, doing mm -hmm. cool stuff, at a certain point, probably a year and a half ago, I thought, oh, it'd be so cool. I should just like, I mean, the things you just have already told me mm -hmm. are so fascinating and amazing. People mm -hmm. would want to know it. I should just like do a podcast. Mm -hmm. Took quite some time to get around to it. Anytime I would ask, everyone was like, it's really complicated. You need to do all this stuff. And then one day I just like took out my iPhone and did it on the phone. Then I got like a really bad microphone. Now I have a slightly better one. I'm learning about mm -hmm. how to do it. But we were talking about a couple things that I want to interview you about. So on this mm -hmm. like in the know podcast, uh, I've been trying to build up the advice of, of, of wise people and experts on um, how to make something really new and interesting. Mm. And we were just talking, I mean, in your years at TED and I think even before and after, uh, with like New Lab uh, here in Brooklyn, it's that's been a, a really big thing that you were part of. You were there in the early days of TED in Monterey, all the way through like the glorious periods of its expansion. I want to ask you a little bit about that, mm -hmm. and um, and about the experience of uh, of conferences. And that one we haven't talked about yet, so you're going to be surprised when we get to it. Oh, great! Okay. So talk to me about. Monterey. So you showed up when there were like 10 people? Yeah, I showed up at a time at TED. It wasn't quite 10 people. Um, Sergey and Larry had already shown the Google ag algorithm. So, you know, oh, it yeah. was, it, but it was an interesting time where you sat in this room and, you know, people talked about this idea as where technology and at that time entertainment and design was going to take us. And so it was a room of 500 people and all sitting into uh, a theater for very theatrical Had Bill Gates done the mosquito thing yet? Not yet. So that was still coming soon? Yeah, that was later. That was once Ted had moved from this little venue in Monterey to a bigger venue in Long Beach. And that was a big moment where Bill Gates released the mosquitoes into the audience. Yeah. And um, really shows a lot about drama and ideas that you know we often forget when you're trying to captivate people around an idea. So maybe in the early days in Monterey, as amazing as the group was, the format was someone stands up, gives a talk, people listen, and they're like, yay, thumbs up. Yeah, it also wasn't a production stage then. Uh -huh. You know, at that point, imagine the difference between community theater oh. and, you know, a presentation. So the early days felt more like community theater. But you did have these people that were presenting amazing things about where robotics was going to take us. And this was um, the beginning of, uh, of Google mapping, for example. So they mm -hmm. would show you how you're going to be able to see something somewhere in the world uh, for the first time. So it was this real sort of sense of on discovery um, versus later on where it really became more about performance. So you had an amazing group, amazing powerful ideas. You show up and some of your colleagues are looking at this and you're like, we got to take this to another place. Not just physically, but in terms of what you were aiming for, because this is what we were chatting about a little bit, is designing an experience for those in the audience and perhaps the speakers and perhaps others. And, and maybe that Bill Gates mosquito moment is one of the, the sort of you know, turning point moments of, of that story. 
of that of, of creating an experience yeah. around that. Yeah, yeah, I think in the early days, again, you know, interestingly enough, you had Jeff Bezos who was there in the early days, and Jeff Bezos who was there and still is there today. So he really considers that you know, a mind spa experience to sort of immerse himself for four or five days in mm -hmm. ideas that he would not normally see. So one of the things that you see oftentimes in a conference experience is the people on the stage are there and they're presenting the ideas and the people in the audience are aspirational. Well, at TED, certainly in the, in the early days, it was almost flipped, right? You have mm. the people in the audience are as interesting, if not more interesting at that time mm -hmm. than the people on the stage. And you also had a mix of academics and um, you know different people who were presenting those ideas. So not just business leaders, not just academics. So you had this interesting mix up of speakers that were coming together and that mix for someone like a Jeff Bezos or um, some of these other guys were just just an opportunity to be able to immerse themselves and that was a valuable Talk experience. me through for a sec because we also spoke about how you as you progressed and then Ted progressed you went in, inside huge companies and you started creating those kinds of experiences inside these huge companies and that must have been pretty challenging because you didn't get the same level of sort of inbound or referral kind of like oh here's an amazing talk I saw somewhere or some really cool paper I read you should have this I mean generating the ideas finding the people and then how do you direct them or I don't know what you called it produce them or like turn it into that incredibly powerful 15 minute on stage with the light at the right moment and the narrative arc and then everyone's breath is taken away like how do you get from hey I noticed this really weird thing to that yeah well first of all with corporations going to corporations and this was why I created the venture of the TED Institute is you have incredibly siloed organizations with power bases all around the organization, but you don't ever come together for the celebratory moment of ideas. Mm -hmm. And typically what would happen is I would go into corporations and someone would say, we have a great TED speaker, and they wanted to be on the main stage. And um, the idea was how do you create an experience around that internally? But it's about human-based storytelling, so it can't only be the people at the top presenting mm -hmm. ideas. So really the idea was to walk in and to figure out how you could unlock expertise mm -hmm. within an organization and tell uh, 14 to 16 stories from um, all over the organization, from the research labs to the C-suite, mm -hmm. all the way down to the assistant who is... Uh, a multi-generational experience. There are these forums where uh, like the story is primary and I think part of what makes some of the, the TED talks that I've most enjoyed so cool is they are like a powerful story but it doesn't sound like you start with the powerful story, you start with an idea or some expertise or something that you want to unlock for another audience. Is, is that like hard to go find some nerdy genius that found some great idea and turn it into a story? Is that required? Is it a story that it gets to? Yes, I'm, I think you're exactly right. Yes, so you start with a, an idea. What is the idea that we want to talk about? And then it's how is their approach? How are they telling that story? What makes it their own story? So oftentimes uh, within corporations, you have people in marketing or communications who are the story owners, but they actually are not the authors of the stories. Mm -hmm. So how do you get to the authors of the story and, and how do you get them to tell you how they discovered their work, what were the challenges of those work, and what are they solving for? And in that human experience of that mm -hmm. quest, 
is a really interesting story. Quest. The quest to solve for something. Yeah, and I was going to ask about like the patterns of stories. You know, I've been casually sort of learning about. You know, there's this line from uh, Paulo Coelho, I think, quoting Borges: "There's only four kinds of stories in the world: love between two people, love between three people, like the journey and the I don't know, the overcoming or something." And did you? Are there are there some templates or like basic designs that you find? Clearly, quest is a great one. I was searching for truth, or I saw a clue and I went looking for truth. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I think that that is the most common story that you find mm -hmm. with those kinds of talks. Absolutely, um, because it is in that that architecture of a quest where you come up against some challenges along the way and you're able to overcome it. And I think that in corporations, there's a real human moment to that that I think is important. I teach uh, at Columbia about like startups basically for the last few years. And you know, I'm like an academic background person. I used to be a philosopher and I used to teach philosophy classes. And basically all we would do is just like give a bunch of information. Sometimes we would discuss it. And as I've been traveling around to some of the really cool uh, gatherings around the world where people are sharing other kinds of ideas, they basically do that too. They're like lectures, you know. And sometimes it's massively impactful on me. I, I heard a, a few talks this past summer from some really elite uh, and learned people on, on gender and overcoming some of the structural barriers and things like that. And I took a million notes and I went and read all the books and basically I felt like I did a mini, a mini like master's course in the topic as a result of that prompt. But then I was reflecting, I'm like, man, this took me so much time and energy to end up at that moment of, like, in, of insight where I was like, oh, okay, now I'm different. Here's the thing that changed about me and now I'm finally convinced. And I was ruminating on other formats that are not that often used in the ideas fora, but maybe used in the performing arts, uh, like Sleep No More. Mm -hmm. Or actually what's used in some academic settings where we test human boundaries, like the famous Stanford prison experiment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for this and that. And I was talking to some, uh, the director of the Gorky Theater in Berlin actually about this set of ideas and, and we were sort of rolling it over and rolling it over and we were like, what if we could produce a talk, a thing, a whatever, like a two hour, four hour, one hour, ten minute, I don't know, something that somehow had that kind of emotional power, maybe even that intellectual power? What, what if we could? And it was just an open-ended question. And I wonder, it seems like the kind of thing you've been ruminating about in different formats for a while, and you created the story arc around ideas, and, and, and that was like a really big contribution, I think, from the TEDisphere. What do you think? Can it be done? Well, I mean, there's different things. Like, I, for example, um, StoryCorps, I think, is a really interesting idea, where you have mm -hmm. two people who are having a conversation together, and in that conversation, uh, becomes an exploration of an idea that they're really interested in. Right now, I'm fascinated by the ability of um, doctors to be able to present academic, scientific information. And so there's a certain cadence that um, that, that those within the medical field have about how they present information. And so as the world is changing and um, uh, they have a chance to really focus on being digital influencers, you have to have a different, you have to tell a different kind of story. So how do you break down this incredibly dense scientific data to present an idea that, can't, that, that people can uh, communicate to others, but also uh, keep the integrity of the scientific data and the story in itself. Yeah, that's really So that's one of the things that I'm digging into right now and trying to get a sense of um, 
how that presentation style can yeah, change. Yeah, and on that same topic, I mean, the job of the doctor is often to help the patient change. The easy version of the doctor's job is to just give you an injection or a pill or something. The really hard one is when the doctor has to help you go on a journey. They have limited time. You may not be ready to consume a bunch of scientific papers. To help someone change, to help them get to a better place is ultimately the goal of sharing the truth, isn't it? And a lot of the formats that I feel like I run into in podcast land or in you know conference land, they're just so straight down the middle on content. I mean, have you seen anybody use experiential notions in a creative or interesting way? Uh, well, I, I did a lot of work with the Sundance Institute, and I am very interested in VR mm. and where VR is going to take us. Mm. Uh, and um, those sorts of empathy engines as a way to get us immersed in story. So we talked a little bit about Sleep No More. I mean, I think immersive theater where you are um, an actor among other actors that are moving moving around that in itself, uh, again, is, is a great way to, to get you involved in story. And I think also VR, and I'm seeing different ways that VR is being presented hmm. and uh, I, I think that will be uh, an interesting place to go. I'm also just on, on another note as we were talking about about doctors is what will be the role of um, Alexa and various other uh, engines that way around story, around um, relationships to stories and ideas and how they're being presented. Yeah, these are interesting, I guess, new directions for people to help figure out. Maybe to just loop back then to the thing that you're most familiar with and, and, and use that as like an example of mm. how innovation in the story format could work. We were chatting a little bit about like the arc of a TED talk and the way it's filmed and produced for other audiences and how important it is to get, you know, the, the breath of the audience. Mm -hmm. And maybe you could talk to me a little bit about that. Are there sort of, are there, are there sort of moments in the, in the 15 or 18 minutes that are meant to do X, Y, Z? Are there moments where the audience is meant to feel some, some feeling? Yeah, I think, uh, again, you know, just going back to the notion of time, this mm. tension that we have with time in general, what, what does it take to present an idea? It doesn't always take 18 minutes. You actually, in some cases, can present an idea really well mm -hmm. in three minutes. Mm -hmm. So being able to first ascertain how long it will take to present this idea is really sort of the starting point. But then from there, yes, um, it, it, it does have a narrative arc to it. It's a, it's a lot like taking someone on a car ride on a journey and you want to set out to say, here's where we're going and we're going to be making three stops along the way and each stop is an important stop that are going to get us to an end point. And that clarity about how many different aspects to an idea you're going to explore is an important part of the narrative arc, I think, of a good talk like that. And it ends with resolution? Does it end with... It could end with resolution. Um, it could end with um, activism. This is what you can do as a result of this. Mm -hmm. Or it could end, I haven't yet figured it out, but I'm on this journey to try to figure it out. And this is, tells you how far I've gotten and these are the questions I've yet to have answered. That's amazing. It's, just, it's so interesting to hear your sort of lens on something that I think is a format that a lot of people have become familiar with now and aspire to create and then even where it could go over time. Hopefully we can work on some of this stuff together. That's why we're hanging out today, isn't it? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being on In The Know.